MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleh Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Odds On with Mike Palm and Amal Shaw, live from the Circus Sportsbook on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Welcome into Odds On. I'm Mike Palm. He is Amal Shaw, back from a Thanksgiving weekend. How was your weekend? It was great. Thanks. How about yourself? Ton of football. Yeah. Great college basketball. Nice call. Duke outright over Gonzaga. Well, look, they're a very good team. I'll tell you right now, it was funny. I was texting a friend of mine. He bet Duke at 8-1 to to win the national title. And he says, oh, they're going to beat Gonzaga. In the... I said, they're not beating him in the rematch. Pelo Benchero is not going to play that well in the next game. But uh, looking forward to um, seeing how college basketball transpires. But obviously, uh, Michigan, kudos to them. A great win. Uh, by the way, the, why, if you're Jim Harbaugh, why are you sitting there saying to Ryan Day, you start on third base? Really, dude? Your dad was a coach. Your brother's a better coach than you. And don't worry, next year you're going to get your ass kicked six ways to Sunday. Pulling a little Ann Richards there. Uh, for those those of you in the state of Texas (laughs) the great state of Texas the great state of Texas Uh, let's get to to pro football and we do on Mondays we open with your shenanigans list the people that uh, you have a few words for and let's start out with that great first pick in the NFL draft quarterback of the Cleveland Browns Baker Mayfield yeah you know the one thing about Baker I was always concerned when he got drafted by the Browns would they have enough leg room for him up in first class him being so tall and all playing quarterback how does this midget only put up 10 points in this game against the Baltimore Ravens, who, by the way, Lamar Jackson, nice enough to gift you four interceptions, still can't win the football game. I mean, this is unbelievable. This this team is not going anywhere with him long-term. They're going to have to make a change. Remember, this is not the regime that drafted him. It's time for them to move on from Baker Mayfield. You can't win. And if it's an injury situation, then don't play. If you're afraid Case Keenum's going to beat you out, then you know what? Then you're a selfish player. So any which way you slice it, it's a problem for the Cleveland Browns and his decision-making. I thought even a bigger candidate for shenanigans was Stefanski's response to when the reporter asked him, 
is it time to play Case Keenum? And he, he acted like incredulous about it. Well, look, here's the one thing I will say, and this goes back to the days when uh, Chris Sims was at Texas with Mac Brown. You know, we're not in practice. Maybe Case Keenum doesn't look particularly good. And there are situations where everyone was like, why is Chris Sims playing? Because he looked great in practice over Major Applewhite. So I would say there's maybe a scenario where they don't feel comfortable with Case Keenum, some of the plays he can't make. And the one game we did see him play this year, it wasn't like he was overwhelming. Uh, so let's stay with that game. As you mentioned, Lamar Jackson, a career-high four interceptions last night. Look, I don't know if there's a more entertaining player to watch than Lamar Jackson, but I, I realize one thing. The Baltimore Ravens are not going to be able to win a championship with him, in my opinion. I could be wrong, and they may win the Super Bowl this year, but he is a good quarterback to make plays when it's third down and four and the play breaks down and Clowney and Garrett can't get to you. The problem is when you got to throw the football. Mike, these receivers are going to get injured just diving for the football. <laughs> these throws are so errant. It's unbelievable. I mean, how about that interception he threw to Ronnie Harrison? <laughs> I mean... Yeah, Mark Andrews right there. Always got to throw it to the outside. It throws it completely the opposite direction, about three yards away from him. You would have thought Harrison was the intended receiver. Two points. As we stand today, Baltimore, the number one seed in the AFC, yep. at the player. But two, the MVP of this team is Justin Tucker. Oh, there's no question about it. By the way, how about the Ravens throwing the ball on third down and 10 with the Browns having no timeouts and two minutes to go and already in Justin Tucker field goal range? What was the purpose of that? If it's incomplete, you just gave the Browns an additional 40 seconds. Obviously, they must have been watching Brian Harson tape before they decided to go with that play call. Now, we'll get to college football in the second segment, Amal. The Pittsburgh Steelers. It's time. They're not going to make a coaching change. We already know that. I, I don't know if they're frugal. Well, should they? I don't know if you need to make a coaching change, but I'll tell you one thing you need to make as a quarterback change ASAP. And they should have drafted a quarterback in the last couple of drafts when you had an opportunity to groom a player under Ben Roethlisberger. Have him sit for a year and tell Ben, hey, it's time to move on. Ben, ben ain't into grooming nobody. He well, wouldn't even talk to Mason Rudolph when they drafted him. That's fine, but here's the thing. At some point in time, you got to move on from him. This team, I, I don't understand. You know, they'll, they'll play like this, and all of a sudden they'll go out and beat somebody next week, and you're like, yeah. wait a minute, what's going on with the Steelers here? They're just so inconsistent. They are a horrific football team. And I'll tell you what, they got dominated twice by Cincinnati this year. The Philadelphia Eagles, the other team from the state of Pennsylvania. <laughs> yeah, the Keystone, it's been the Keystone Cops this weekend for the state of PA. Penn State losing to Michigan State with all those injuries and the flu bug running through that program. Uh, when you look at this Philadelphia Eagles team, and I know a lot of people were probably on them this weekend because the line moved to three and a half on the road, a short road trip. That's a bus ride. And you go into New York, well, into New Jersey technically, and you lose this game and you put up seven points. The only thing worse was that the Panthers only put up three against the Giants this year. How embarrassing is that? And, you know, I was starting to buy into the Jalen Hurts bandwagon a little bit. By the way, that Sooner Schooner, that thing needs to sit right there in Philadelphia because they can't win on the road. Didn't they lose this game at the end of the first half? Yes. First a goal at the four, down three to nothing, and don't score a point. I, uh, but these coaches gamble too much at times. You know, I, you and I were talking about this before the show started. In the NFL, I think you got to take three points. In college, you've you got to go for it because in college you can score so easily. But in the NFL... Um, it's just, to me, it's a simple fact that these teams sometimes take unnecessary risks. Take the points. Like, uh, Robert Salah went for two in the second quarter. I was like, you know, there's still 30-plus minutes to go in this game. Uh, and let's close out with Los Angeles Chargers coach Brandon Staley. Yeah, it's my understanding there was a rumor here at Vison he was the best coach in the NFL. Now, I don't know if that was based on one game, two games, three, or four. But after, they'd played four games. Four games, point. okay. So after four games, you know, I was ready to anoint him the best coach in Los Angeles, uh, assuming we don't include the NFC. But the bottom line is right now, this guy is going to be in a situation where he's going to be fighting for his job in a year or two. Here's the one thing that they forgot when they mentioned Brandon Staley being the best coach. He didn't bring 99 and Jalen Ramsey with him. He didn't bring Aaron Donald to the Chargers. This team is horrendous, horrific. I mean, 
you go into Denver, and as you like to say, Vic Fangio. Vic Fangio. They put up 13 points against his team. This Denver team has six wins on the year, sitting at six and five. Their first three wins came came against the Giants, the Jaguars, and the Jets. I mean, come on. This is the type of performance you get out of a, De- uh, a Chargers team that has an opportunity to kind of wrestle control of that division or at least be tied with the Kansas City Chiefs? What happened to my stepson? He's fallen on hard times. Well, he doesn't have Anthony Lynn. He doesn't have, he doesn't <laughs> have Anthony Lynn. I'll tell you another thing he doesn't have. He doesn't get to play in the Pac-12 every week. Uh, can I add one to your list? Yeah, of course. I, I, what was McVay doing at the end of the game, running the ball and taking 25 seconds off the clock before kicking a field goal to go down eight? What was that play on third down? Didn't you just throw the ball to the end zone, and if you don't make it, then you take the field goal? At least, hey, what does the running play get you? He thought he was going to run a draw for 22 yards there? I, I have no idea. It was. I, it baffled me. It, they, they ran the clock down from one, 105 down to 40 on a running play. They had no chance of getting a touchdown. You know, it baffled me. I, we, I didn't have any NFL plays in the rundown because it, yeah. it was my fault that I didn't get them into Britain. But I, I couldn't believe this line. The Green Bay Packers. We got up to two. Rams lane two. I, I Listen, you're trying to tell me Aaron Rodgers should be a home dog. I don't, and we knew Rodgers was going to play at that that's point. That's my point. And it didn't reverse. It kept going with the Rams. And the Rams have been hor- horrific the last three, four weeks. Yeah, they've been, they've been really bad for a month. Yeah, absolutely right. By the way, I want to add one other thing in this list real quick. The uh, I'm not taking anything away from Derrick Henry. He's a great running back. Mm-hmm. But I'm starting to believe it's that Tennessee offensive line in their scheme. They were ripping through that New England defense like there was nobody. It looked was like la- Derrick, Henry, Derrick Henry coming through the line. When was the last time in the NFL you saw a 60-plus yard touchdown yeah. run? I mean, it looked like college football out there. Yeah. All right, let's get to the burning questions for the NFL. Number one, Amal, is Aaron Rodgers your MVP? Uh, I don't really know who the MVP is at this point in time. You would give them a ton of credit for this win, which is crucial when you look at big picture in the NFC. They got the win over the Cardinals. They have the win over the um, against the Rams. This team's in great position. Vikings lose the game against the 49ers. Things are going really, really well for Green Bay. And if they wind up with home field advantage, I think he's got to be the guy. Dallas is going off of a cliff. Uh, Tampa, I tell you what, did you watch that Tampa Colts game? I did. I watched more of that game than any other game. Yeah, by, by the way, I, I thought it was Scott Frost coaching on the sideline there. Every drive for uh, the Colts would move up and down the field and in a turnover. It was unbelievable. They had a chance to put that game away in the third quarter. They had the game in their hands almost the whole way. Just horrific, and uh, the turnovers they had there. But I, I guess, yeah, I mean, who else would you even consider at this point in time? I, I think he should be the favorite, but will the uh, vaccination controversy hurt him? You know, only think 50 about that. there's only 50 votes for the NFL MVP. You get a first, second, and third place vote, but they'll consider the first place. It's, it's a very narrow What was the last point you made? Narrow group. Consider the, what? the first place votes. Number oh. two, which AFC team, not currently in the playoffs, will end up getting there? Here are your choices. The Broncos plus 225, the Raiders plus 250, Colts plus $1.25, Browns plus 225, the Steelers plus 550, and the team that's won three in a row, the Dolphins at 10 to 1. I'm going to go with the Colts. I thought they looked really good. I thought they were the better football team in that game against the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. By the way, real quick, did you think Leonard Fournette should have gone down at the one-yard line? Yes. I thought the same thing, and I was surprised. And by the way, he almost paid for it. I mean, if you didn't see it, the Colts ran the kickoff back to about the 35-yard line of Tampa, had an opportunity but couldn't convert. Um, To me, I think it's got to be Indianapolis. They are playing well. I I tell you what, if you're the coach, you're going to look back and regret that game. That's a game they should have won yesterday. Which NFC team not in the playoffs will make it? Falcons at plus 450, the Eagles at plus 175, the Panthers at 10 to 1, Saints and and football team are on my list but not on the board right now. Uh I'm going to go with uh, the the um 
probably the Eagles have a chance because of that division. You no, know, Minnesota at five and six is currently the seventh team. They're still Did, in I it right now. I didn't hear you say Minnesota. There's, no, I'm saying they're in already right oh, now. Okay, if gotcha, it ended today, okay, yeah, the yeah, Vikings in. are still okay, in yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, a tough yeah. loss yesterday with Cousins thinking he could take the snap from the guard on fourth and goal <laughs> with nine minutes to go down by eight. Here's the last question, and I say this in light of the Sean Hockley fiasco on Thursday with the 28 enforced penalties and all the past. You, you put Boger on a primetime game last night. That was a disaster. Is the NCAA doing a better job officiating football than the NFL right now? I thought they did a great job, Larry Smith's crew, on the Ohio State-Michigan game. They let the kids play. Absolutely. I thought it was a well-officiated game. Um, I tell you, replay's better in college, too. Because they can buzz down and take care of these mistakes, and you're not limited by challenges. Yeah, absolutely. And the NFL puts a lot of pressure. They just try to run to the line. You know, sometimes you're just better off getting to the line and spiking yep. the football mm-hmm. instead of worrying about if you get a 40-yard play and conceding it down. I uh, thought I thought Vrabel was going to get an unsportsmanlike conduct penalty the for way challenging the, the obvious <laughs> tension. Because then when he threw it, you could see his face like the official came back at him. That would have been something. He threw it down like he was spiking a yeah. football. Well, I mean, it was sort of ridiculous. The guy rolled all the way into the end zone untouched, and they marked him short. I, the way they called it down, like I thought he didn't catch the ball or yeah. something. I, I yeah. had no idea. Yeah, it was bad. But I agree with you in terms of the officiating. The one thing the collegiate referees are told is that if, if there's a holding on the backside of a play, let's say the run is to the right and the, the holding happens on the left tackle, don't call it. It's not germane to the play. And I think it's much more important that they do that in the league. By the way, the way the game was ref between the uh, Raiders and the Cowboys, I thought it would have been uh, Tony Carrenti. <laughs> All right, when we come back, we're going to take a look at the Monday night football matchup and then championship Saturday coming up in college football. This is Odds On with Mike Palm and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Welcome back. This segment of Odds On is brought to you by Zen Nicotine Pouches, a fresh way to enjoy nicotine without all the baggage of cigarettes, dip, or vape. No more smelling like an ashtray, no more spit cups, and no batteries to change, charge, or leaky equipment to deal with. Zen Nicotine Pouches are smoke free, spit free, and available in 10 varieties like Spearmint, Wintergreen, or Amal's personal favorite, Citrus. And for your convenience, each variety comes in two strengths, so you can easily find the satisfaction level that's perfect for you. Zen, America's number one nicotine pouch, is available in over 100,000 locations nationwide, meaning it's never been easier to find your Zen. So head on over to zen.com slash find to locate a store near you. That's zyn.com slash f-i-n-d. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Welcome back into Odds On. Mike Palm with a mall. Shaw, let's talk about the matchup tonight in our nation's capital or somewhere around there uh, <laughs> between the football team and the Seattle Seahawks. You said it's time to break up this coaching quarterback tandem in Pittsburgh. Is it also time to break up this tandem in Seattle? Look, I, I'm a big Pete Carroll guy, so mm-hmm. I'm probably a little bit biased here. I think the problem is John Schneider and the fact that this team refuses to draft an offensive line. For years, the last four years, it's Russell Wilson's offensive line is playing like they hate Russell Wilson. Uh, until this team improves that and addresses that, I think they've got problems. The other thing is what's happening now in the NFL, unless you get a quarterback like Tom Brady who's willing to take less money, or unless you have a quarterback on a rookie scale, it is hard to win, Mike. And that's what Seattle is finding out when you got a quarterback basically eating up 20% of the cap. I don't think they've got enough pieces around him. 
Uh, if you're Russell Wilson, I look to make a move by a free agency. And in terms of this matchup, I, I, the reason why I haven't mentioned a thing about it, I have no opinion on this game. And are you going to watch this game? Yeah, because I played it last Tuesday. Come on, man. We got the ACC Big Ten Challenge. Two, yeah, there is. Well, I'll, I'll intersperse it here. Um, this game opens Seahawks two and a half. It got to football team one, even pick. You can find this at one either way right now. You can find it at a pick. This number's all over the board. I bet the football team at a pick because I thought this game would close Washington two. Uh, this Seattle offense is awful. Hey, let, okay, they're 30th in terms of scoring. But I'm going to give you two stats, and you're going to tell me how can they be 30th. 30th in scoring. They're the sixth best efficiency in the red zone, and they've only committed six turnovers all year. And they're 30th in scoring. Well, two factors. Number one, they don't get to the red zone much. And number two, when Geno Smith is the quarterback, guys like him are not looking to throw the ball down the field. These are short outs. They're not taking risks, so you're not going to have as many turnovers. Okay, uh, let's talk props here. Total's 47. I think that's a little bit high on the game. As I said, I have the football team. Russell Wilson passing yards and Taylor Heineke passing yards are almost identical. Wilson, 248.5. Heineke, 245.5. I would, I mean, I don't know. I really don't. I would say whichever team you think is going to win, take the other side if you think they're going to have to throw the ball and they're trailing late. The football team defense was awful for four four weeks, right? They were the worst at third down efficiency. Since the second half of the Packer game, they've played pretty well. Right. They played well. You know, they didn't play poorly against the Chiefs as well, and we've seen the Chiefs since then have been very good. Um, all right, let's switch our focus now to college football, Amal, and uh, let's get to, to the burning questions, and then we'll start previewing the championship matchups. All right, here's the way I have this analyzed. And tell me if you disagree. Should Cincinnati beat Houston and right. finish the season undefeated, it needs one of these three teams to lose. One of them. Alabama, Oklahoma State, Michigan. If one of them loses, Cincinnati's in. Do you agree with that? Yes. Now, if two of those three lose, Notre Dame will also get in. Uh, if Georgia, Alabama, Michigan. Let's say Alabama and Oklahoma State lose. The playoff would be Georgia, Cincinnati, Michigan and Notre Dame. That would be correct. Okay. Is the best way for me to hedge my ticket at 14 to 1 on Cincinnati to bet a three team parlay of those three teams? Alabama money line, Michigan money line, Oklahoma State money line. It pays plus 480. Yeah, I don't think it's a bad move. If I bet 1200 at yeah. plus 480, I lock in either a 52 or $5,800 profit. Or do I wait and see if Baylor can beat Oklahoma State? Oh, and then I don't have to hedge at all. That number's four. Yeah, but what happens if Baylor... Then, then I get a much shorter price because yeah. Michigan's a heavy favorite. I'd get Alabama-Michigan two-teamer. I, I would. Ju- I mean, why not just go with uh, Baylor straight on the money line? I mean, because I think Georgia's going to beat Alabama. Um, so then you you wouldn't hedge at all? You'd just let it go? And then if you have to... You can go if, in-game. If Al- yeah, or if Alabama wins, then you got to lay the price with Michigan at $4. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if I'd want to do that at that yeah. point. I, I, I think I have to either do option A or B, the three-teamer or the two-teamer. Okay. Question two, did Lincoln Riley and USC both make the right move in this deal? Um, I don't know. It, it remains to be seen. I think for SC, they made the right move. For Lincoln Riley, I'm not sure. I know people are saying, oh, he's scared to go to the SEC. There might be some, t- some truth to that. There's no question about it. But here's the thing. Nick Saban's 70 years old. Lincoln Riley's in his late 30s. Lincoln Riley's got a few days on, on Nick Saban still, so he, he would have been fine long term. Uh, but the one thing I would say is at SC... Yeah, this is the same problem you have at Texas. You get these big money donors in there. You get too many chefs sometimes in the kitchen. At Oklahoma, it's like, hey, listen, we're winning. We're fine. You know, Oklahoma has never had a coach leave their program for another program. They've either been fired, retired, or what have you. Well, the last time an Oklahoma coach left and coached the next season, 
1972 when Chuck Fairbanks went to the Patriots. <laughs> uh, I was like, I was like, who are you talking about here? I'm like, I know Barry took over for Fairbanks, yeah, yeah. and before that, it was the great uh, Bud Wilkinson. Yeah. Um, but you know, I, I look at this. I, I think you know the money's going to be great, but I don't know. I'm not sure. Who does Oklahoma turn to for their head coach as they head into the SEC? So I see the rumors out there, mm-hmm. and I'm not sure if it's the right move in terms of, um, <laughs> I think this is laughable, um, Cliff Kingsbury of the Arizona Cardinals. First of all, let's say they have a great run in the postseason. Remember, the playoffs don't start until the third weekend of January. Mm-hmm. So if they get past the first round, the first round, they could have a potential buy in the first round. And and then they would play the weekend of January 22nd. You're looking at if they don't lose then until January 29th. I mean, this team... What are you going to do? Wait for him till the season ends? You're going to miss out on the entire year of recruiting. They've already had four or five guys, big-time recruits, decommit from Alabama, I mean, excuse me, from Oklahoma because he's going to USC. I, I think you go with Alex Grinch. That's going to be the move economically. I'll throw you out a name, and you tell me if he lands one of these jobs. And by one of these jobs, I mean uh, Washington, who is supposedly meeting with the Fresno State coach, DeBoer. The, Kalen DeBoer, yeah. yep. And by, but I mean, one of these big jobs like LSU, Oklahoma, Washington, the boat rower, Fleck. No. That, no, he stays in Minnesota. Yes. Okay. Big victory for them this weekend. Huge. Also big for my Iowa Big Ten championship ticket. Uh, also, now I'm all of a sudden alive. I, I consider that dead money. Although, by the way, this one hurt um, the coaching staff at Wisconsin and Graham Mertz, and they, they got to move on from him. Number three, near and dear to your heart. How far does Michigan's victory over Ohio State go in shifting the balance of power in the Big Ten East? I think it's the biggest win in the Big Ten in a decade by a program. I mean, it, Michigan, they got a commitment from a kid who was up there visiting for the 2023 class. It was a four-star. It just changed the dynamic of how people see Michigan. Now, look, I will say one thing. All these Michigan people coming out of the woodwork, I have family members that went to UM. And it's like, you would have thought they won the Natty. And I said, don't go full Michigan and lose this weekend to Iowa. I mean, that's to be expected. We expect nothing less than Michigan. Half a national title since 1948. Just want to remind them of that. By the way, I got to tell you one quick thing I saw somewhere on social media. Somebody goes, oh, you lost um, eight in a row. He goes, I don't want to talk about the past. I said, hell, the game's in the past. I don't even want to talk about that. Let's talk about next year when they get down to Columbus. Look, they've got a great chance. I don't think they're going to beat Georgia because they don't have the offensive firepower, but if they can run the ball the way they did against Ohio State, who came into that game ranked number 11 against the run, they got a chance. And I'll tell you what. Cade McNamara was unbelievable. I thought he played a whale of a game. I thought he played the best game a Michigan quarterback has played against Ohio State in 10 years. Before the season, both Clemson and Ohio State, question four, were prohibitive favorites to win their conferences, the Big Ten and the ACC. Which is the bigger shock, that Clemson didn't win the ACC or that Ohio State didn't win the Big Ten? Oh, Clemson all day. I mean, when you think about it, what that ACC is, I mean, you got nobody plays defense in that league. I mean, you got, got we're celebrating the Mike Norvells of the world going 5-7 and seven right now at Florida State. That's how far the ACC has fallen. When you look in the Big Ten, the one thing with Michigan was, was the question mark was could they beat Ohio State? It's not like Michigan has been producing 4-8 and eight teams, 5-7 and seven teams. I mean, they've still been highly competitive. Yeah, and you also have to remember... Just on their own side of the division, you have Penn State and Michigan State, who are paying their coaches $100 million. Yeah, I know. For what, finishing third and fourth? <laughs> all right, let's get to Wilder, right? Yeah. We'll break these games down all the way, because this is such an exciting week, the, the championship week, and then to see where this all heads out with the playoff and the bowl games. Let's start in, the, in obviously, the most important game, where it just means more, in Atlanta. Georgia taking on Alabama. This game opened three or three and a half a couple months ago. It's worked its way towards four, and after Alabama's performance, 
on the plains of Jordan Air. This game is now six and a half. Is Georgia six and a half wild or right? I think it's a little bit wild. You know, the one thing that gets forgotten in this game, yeah, Alabama You think struggled. it's wild high? Yes. Mm-hmm. I think people forget Alabama did struggle. But here's the one thing. If Jameson Williams targeting foul came in the second half, that would have been huge because he would have missed the first, first half game. of the Georgia game. He's going to be there. And I'm going to tell you, you look. he's going to probably win the Bolitnikoff. And it looks like, I know um, Paul Feinbaum is saying, oh, he had the Heisman winning drive. I said, why? Because Auburn doesn't realize you blitz for three quarters, but you don't want to do that in the fourth quarter. Um, to me, the way they struggled on offense is a concern, especially when you go against this Bulldogs defense. But I still have question marks about Stetson Bennett in this offense. Can they put up points against a team like Alabama? A month ago, you told me Metcalf's number of 50-and-a-half was really wild. Mm-hmm. It's still 50-and-a-half. Do you still think that's wild low? I, I still do. You're going to be on inside on a fast artificial turf in a dome. Both teams have played there. Alabama played the opener there against Miami. Uh, Georgia's played there in the past. I, I, I still think you have points scored. Do you really want to bet a college football game with when you have a Jamison Williams you can hit a 90-yard play on and take an under 51? I don't. When we come back, we will continue Wilder Wright for Championship Saturday. This is Odds On with Mike Palm and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. The VSIN Cyber Monday offer is here right now. When you sign up for our $99 midseason football special, you'll also receive a $20 credit to the VSIN store. Get all of our expert sports betting analysis, insights, and data for the rest of the football season. Plus, $20 to buy VSIN sports betting hats, shirts, mugs, and other great gear. Hurry, this is a limited time offer, so sign up now for the perfect sports betting holiday gift at vsin.com slash subscribe. Welcome back into Odds On. It's Mike Palm with Amal Shaw. It is Cyber Monday. Let's shift our focus to Indianapolis and the Big Ten Championship game, where before the weekend, we thought this was going to be Ohio State and Wisconsin. We get Michigan against Iowa. This game opened 11, down to 10.5 Amal. Is 10.5 wild or right? Uh, I think it is a little bit wild. I thought it would be a little bit higher because I think Michigan's defense is elite. Uh, they really showed it. They did a great job. I thought their game plan was terrific, right? You're not going to slow down or shut down Ohio State completely, but they made them go the length of the field. I think there was only two pass attempts over 20 yards in that game, I think the and they key, connected both of them. I, I thought a play that's not being talked about that was very important was when Michigan kicked off and Ohio State waved for a fair catch but let it bounce and then had to start at the three. I, I said that killed the first drive. Now it remember, did. remember Ohio State got the interception on the they, subsequent they, short they field. Did. That did, but it changed. It changed a little bit of the dynamics there. I thought if the Buckeyes were starting at the twenty-five, you know, it's interesting. That's where the weather played a little bit of a factor because if you know the rule, you can't. You shouldn't fear catching that spot. You should yep. try and pick it up and go from there. But um, look, I don't want to take anything away from their victory. They were outstanding in that game. I, I thought they I, could have played with anybody on both Saturday. of their lines beat the Ohio State lines. I saw it on the opening kickoff when the Buckeyes kicked off. Everybody's just kind of going down there, kind of cavalier. And one of the guys from Michigan blew somebody up on Ohio State, and I said, these guys came to play. All right, Big 12 championship game. This will be a Jerry World in Dallas. The Baylor Bears uh, play Oklahoma State. You thought Bedlam would be a great game. It didn't disappoint. I, I'm telling you, I, I said to you, this is going to be the best game of the weekend. That game was absolutely unbelievable. How about the run by Caleb Williams? I'm sitting there going, God, this guy is going to actually rescue Oklahoma. You saw the news. Spencer Rattler declared that he was transferring. He was, but I actually thought that was a quick move by him. I wouldn't have made that move right away if I were him. What do you think it has to do with Lincoln Riley? Or do you think it has to do with his prospects of playing time? I, I think more on the uh, combination of both, but more on the playing time side. I, you know, because if Caleb Williams decides to go to USC, why, why do you want to leave Oklahoma? You still got a ton of talent there. Mike, I'm 40. I'm a man. Gundy's a four-point favorite here with a total of 46 and a half. 
two solid defenses is for Wilder right all. This is absolutely right. Uh, I, this is Mike Gundy's best chance to make the playoff, right? I mean, this is never going to get better. He's never than had a, anything close to this on defense. No, they're, they're good. And look, I understand Oklahoma moved the ball on them, but think about this game. There were three special teams yeah. touchdowns in essence, it's, right? It's you, deceptive. That it is. The final score. You had a 100-yard kickoff return. You've got two drop punts, one that Oklahoma State recovers at the five. The other one, Oklahoma recovers in the end zone. Uh, I still think this defense is elite. They'll be able to do a terrific job. They held Baylor the first time around to 14 points, Mike, and both of those scores came in the second half, but it was really the domination. They held them to 285 yards. I think they do the same thing here. I think Spencer Sanders and company find a way to win this game. I like uh, Oki Light to win. It's 46 and a half. We talk about these championship games played in domes inside, fast tracks. Dallas is certainly one of those at Jerry World. 46 and a half too low? Uh no, because I'm going to tell you right now, Oklahoma State's going to win this football game, and they're going to hold Baylor under 17 points. I don't know if they get to 31, because I think Baylor's defense is solid. The one thing, remember the last two times these two teams met, Oklahoma State threw three picks and still won by 10. You laid three and a half with the, with the Cowboys last week. going to lay the four again this week? I will. Okay. ACC championship game. Wake Forest took care of business uh, against Boston College. They will face Pitt three the Panthers favored by three, total 72.5. This game, outdoors. Yeah, I, I'm surprised at this number between Pitt and Wake Forest here. I think this the number's a little bit wild. I thought it should have been about higher. Yes, should have been a little bit higher. Um, I think the total should be higher, too. Yeah, it's going to be a. I'll tell you what, <laughs> if you're a college football fan, this is going to be a great game to watch. I get so sick and tired of everyone who goes, well, college football is better when Team X and Team Y are good. I said, why? You're still going to watch the games. I don't give a damn if it's Notre Dame, Ohio State, Michigan, Alabama. I don't care. I want to see Wake Forest. Hartman's great to watch. Kenny Pickett's a terrific quarterback. It'll be a lot of fun to watch. I know ABC, I heard a rumor, they're trying to air paid programming instead of this game because they'll probably get higher ratings on that. But this is going to be a fun, if you're a college football fan, this would be a fun game to watch. I like this matchup. I tend to agree with you. Uh, if there's no weather situation, uh, the game's in Charlotte, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think this is going to be a high-scoring game. The Pittsburgh defense, though, is better than Wake Forest's defense. And weather, is, to me, in this game will be wind because both teams are going to pass the ball. So if it's not high wind, I like this game over. Pac-12 championship game is played indoors as well for the first time ever here at Allegiant Stadium. It's a rematch of the game at Rice-Eccles two weeks ago. Utah versus Oregon. Oregon covered the number in the Civil War against the Beavers. Yes. You said you thought it would be close to a pick for the rematch. Utah opens the same price they were at Rice Eccles. Three, you got to say wild here. Uh, absolutely wild. <laughs> Ducks all day. Give it a go, baby. We're going with Oregon here. Listen, revenge game, you get embarrassed like that, this team's coming out to play. And I'll tell you what, give Mario Cristobal credit. Oregon State had a had a chance. By the way, I know I already told you to get a casino host on Lane Kiffin. You yeah. might want to consider Jonathan Smith as well. I mean, holy cow, Mr. Two-Point Conversion. I get potentially in the first one, you're down 21, you try to make it a 13 and then go from there. They go 0 for 4 on two-pointers. Mike, I'm telling you, the disrespect of the Ducks is unbelievable. This team will be ready to go. You get embarrassed like that. We talk about this all the time in the NFL, the revenge spot. How many times do you see a team get embarrassed and play much tougher? Oregon bounces back in this game. I know physical running teams can be a challenge for them. They will be ready in every facet. Cincinnati still has to take care of business. I know we're assuming that they're going to beat Houston. Dana Holgerson has a very good defense. This is a ranked Houston team. Cincinnati laying 10.5 with a total of 54. It's 10.5, Wilder right. Uh, I think it's a little bit wild. No, what are we giving? Half a part mark? You think it's a little high? You'd make it 10? Yeah, I would have made it 10. I mean, they struggled a little bit in the first quarter against East Carolina. East Carolina played with them for a corner. 
But then they, their offense started to wear them down. Yeah, but I also think when you're Cincinnati, based in the last couple of years, you're going to get everybody's best shot in the league. Houston looked flat against Connecticut and eventually ended up dominating that game. By the way, Mike, you got to combine two teams coming into this game with a combined 23-game winning streak. I like, Houston's won 11 in a row. I like this total under, actually. I think this Houston defense is vastly overrated. And their offenses, you think of them as a high-flying offense because of Holgerson. They're not. They're, they're a much more traditional team than before. I think the game, I don't want to lay 10 and a half here. Cincinnati just needs to win. This isn't about style points now. This comes down to A and B, black and white, who wins and who doesn't. I, I'll tell you what. Uh, what happens if Houston wins? <laughs> do they get any credit? Yeah, yeah, I mean, do we talk yeah. about them? Yeah. I don't, I don't know. No, we're not, but I, I'm just saying. If Alabama goes to overtime and loses to Georgia, Okay, and plays a terrific game. Does this Auburn narrow victory cancel out any hopes of them as a two-loss team getting in? I don't know. It's a good question. Um, look, let, let's just go through it real quickly. You get Georgia in with a win. Georgia's in any, either way. Yeah, Georgia's in either way, correct. Mm -hmm. uh, let's assume Michigan beats Iowa. Yep. Because I think that's very plausible. Um, probable. Probable. Yeah, actually, you're right. Uh, so you got those two. I think Oki Light's going to absolutely light up Baylor. I, I think they're going to take him to the shed. I think Oklahoma State is is right now has the fourth best resume anyhow. Yeah, absolutely. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and if they win, they absolutely have to be in. So then it comes down to Cincinnati and Alabama. If Cincinnati doesn't get in, if Alabama loses to mm -hmm. Georgia, if you're a group of five team, you should not play any of these teams in a non-conference matchup. You should just boycott it. Yeah. Because if you're going to say this, then we should just say, listen, this is all. This is only for teams in the Power Five. If you made that stipulation beforehand, nobody would complain. But why didn't you put that in there? San Diego State fell behind at home to Boise State and came roaring back, played a dominant second half. They made the quarterback change. Brady and Talk about Michigan coaches having a good year, Jim Harbaugh. But how about Brady Hoke? Has it had an excellent season with San Diego State? They're going to host Utah State in that weird other side of the division where Air Force, Utah State, and Boise State all, all were tied coming into it. San Diego State, this is the last game they'll play at that soccer field in Carson. They get their stadium back in San Diego next year. They're favored by six at home in the Mountain West Championship with a total of 50. Is six wild or right? Uh, I think this is a little bit wild. I think this line should be higher. I think they're going to be able to move the ball at will against this Utah State defense on the ground, and I think they'll be able to slow down Utah State fairly comfortably. This is, again, as you alluded to, it, a home game, even though yeah. it's up in Carson. I think they win the game like them in this spot here. Uh, the Conference USA Championship game. I watched the, the Marshall-Western Kentucky game. Yeah. Um, I watched almost the whole game because that was a you know a play into the championship game. Let me tell you something. This Western Kentucky team's not bad. They can they, throw they, the ball. They killed Marshall in the second half. I think the game was fourteen to six at half, and they ended up the game went into the seventies. They they threw the ball all around the field in the second half. They play UTSA, who lost this past weekend but was already in the championship game. Western Kentucky, a one point favorite. Is that wild or right? Uh, no, this is correct. Uh, this is a rematch spot here for Western Kentucky. They lost to UTSA earlier. Mike, I'm going to tell you right now, there's a high total of 71.5. I like the over. All right. These two teams played, scored 98 points the first time this year. Okay, let's go to the Sun Belt Championship game. App State against Louisiana. It looks like Billy Napier, the deal all but done there at Florida. Yeah. App State laying 2.5 with a total of 53. Is 2.5 wild or right? Uh, I think it's a little bit wild. Uh, I think, uh, not a little bit. I thought it was going to be Louisiana Lafayette that's the favorite, mm. but I think uh, they should be the favorite. Here's the problem. App State is one-dimensional. Louisiana Lafayette can throw the ball far better than App State can. They can run the ball as well. I like them to get this win here again. They dominated the first time around. It looked like App State had no business being on the same field with the Raging Cajun. Last championship game is the MAC in Detroit. Kent State and Northern Illinois. Kent State laying two and a half, 73 and a half. Is two and a half wilder, right? Uh, this is correct. 
Uh, this was a terrific game when these two played at Kent earlier this year. High-scoring game. Kent came from behind against Rocky Lombardi and company. Uh, this should be a good game. This is a good in-game opportunity at Ford Field, right? Yeah, at Ford Field. Should be points in this one. Then. Over 73 and a half. I, I, don't know if, I don't know about that. Not as much as Conference USA. All right. When we come back, we'll have the Palm Raiders playbook and see if Amal has a college basketball play for us as well. This is Odds On with Mike Palm and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. River Sportsbook takes football game, same game parlays to a whole nother level. Now you can combine same game parlays from different games to give you even more ways to make your perfect combination. In addition to that, Bet Rivers has added more and more same game parlay props for college football matchups just in time for the biggest games of the season. Download the Bet Rivers app or go to betrivers.com today to explore the new ways you can create your ideal combination. Must be 21. Gambling problem, Illinois, New Jersey, Pennsylvania. Call 1 800 Gambler. Indiana 1 9 with it. Colorado 1 4700. Michigan 1 800 270 Virginia 1 3500. In Iowa, call 1 800 Bets Off. Playable in New Jersey as play Sugar House Void where prohibited. Welcome back into Odds On. I'm Mike Palm with The Amal Shaw. Amal, I found this post I was talking about. There's on Facebook a Fans of VSIN page, uh-huh. and, and one of the regulars on there, Shelby Painter, said, Thanks to Amal Shaw, Wednesday he wondered why the spread was so low for Notre Dame over Stanford and called Stanford the worst team in NCAA football. I wanted a plus price, so took a shot. Took Notre Dame minus 17.5 first half, plus 240 for 1900 Got back 64-60. Thank you to Amal Shaw. Very nice hit. Great, great hit there. Wow, congratulations to him. Kudos. I, li- I like him stepping out there and firing on that one. 28-0 at halftime. Is Irish. that what the score was? Irish. Wow. Yeah, David Shaw, not his best year. Uh, yours uh, taking a day off. Yeah. Um, uh, college, college basketball, there was a game I played. Okay, let's get to that. W- yeah. Is it going to be an official play? Well, no, I don't want to give it because the line has moved oh, four points. I see. I, I want you know, look, I like to give people something that they can get the number at. If, you know, I don't want to be like everybody else and sit there and give you, you know, fictitious numbers. But when you look at uh, the overnight game on the Virginia uh, Iowa game was one thirty three. I knew this was going to come down. When was the last time the Virginia Cavaliers were one thirty three total in a game at JPJ in Not Charlottesville? At JPJ. No chance. Uh, now the line's down to one twenty nine and a half, one twenty nine. I thought places. the strange thing was Iowa was favored when I looked at this line last night. Listen, you, you listen. The power rankings never they never cease to amaze me in college basketball. The total dropped four points and the side changed by three. <laughs> I mean, it's it's unbelievable. Now it's gone back up a tick yeah. here, but um, I like this game under. Here's the problem: Virginia's not as efficient offensively this year, so mm-hmm. they got to do it with defense. And if, and if you're Iowa and you struggle a little bit, you know, they put up a million points against the sisters that are poor in the directional schools. Now can you do it against a real defense? Yeah. All right. I have two plays today. As I said from last Tuesday, the football team uh, against the Seahawks tonight home. I have them at a pick. Shop around. You can probably find them plus one in some spots. Most places, um, uh, they're a pick as well. Then the game I wanted to add now is, is starting right now. It's in the championship league in England, Amal. You've seen the oh, you bad- took it. The bad weather. Yeah, you didn't think I was going to take it. QPR, six unders in a row. Derby County QPR, under two and a half. I laid 30 cents here. If you watched on TV at all this weekend, several games canceled the snow. Heavy snow and cold weather in England has, has made a very low scoring. If you had Man City under three, what a terrible beat. Two added time goals at the end of that game. 
against West Ham to finish 2-1. to one. But, I mean, most of these games have been going well under. And Nigel called it last week on Follow the Money with Mitch and Paul. Bad weather this week and go with the unders. Um, let's talk about uh, uh, the other game in the ACC Big Ten matchup tonight, Amal. That is between Notre Dame and Illinois. The Fighting Irish don't have to travel far to go to Champaign here for this matchup. Illinois lane four with a total of 139. You know, we saw David Cutcliffe get removed at Duke this weekend as the head football coach. I think Mike Bray's tenure at South Bend could be coming to an end after this year. If that's true, he will be coaching somewhere else the following season. Oh, there's no question about it. I don't think it'll be at a Power 5 school necessarily unless it's a smaller Power 5 school. But he's done a tremendous job at Notre Dame. Uh, But I think these guys are in trouble. The Illini, not off to a flourishing start at 4-2, and but I still think they're head and shoulders better than Notre Dame. This game in Champaign on campus... I was surprised this number got as low as three and a half for a minute. I, I was really shocked by this one. I didn't end up playing it, but I like the Illini to win this game. Will you play it? I, I will, but I'll probably take Illinois because I want to see a little bit more of Illinois. I saw Illinois against yeah. Missouri, but I want to see this team. I haven't watched much of Notre Dame yet so far this year. NBA tonight, I want to talk about a couple of games. The Denver Nuggets are in South Beach to take on the Heat. The Heat lane seven and a half. Total them all. Only 207 and a half. Yeah, this is an interesting one. Uh, I'm not surprised this line's ticked up a little bit here when you look at this Miami team. They've been outstanding. And, you know, I overlooked them in the Eastern Conference. I said uh, Milwaukee, um, obviously Brooklyn, but I forgot about the Miami Heat. This team is extremely dangerous. They've also been doing it with some, without some of their key cogs in the lineup. If they get a, they're healthy in the postseason, they're going to be a tough team to beat. Uh, don't like the 7.5 here. I'm not going to play this game. How about this low NBA total, 207.5? Well, it's because Miami's going to defend you. I saw this Denver playing Milwaukee and Denver the other night. They only had like 43 points in the first quarter. Of course, it got well over 100 by half. But yeah, that's, exactly. that's an aberration. Well, the first quarter is, you know, it's open gym. You know, we're <laughs> not going to defend you. Can you make the shot or not? Portland Trailblazers are in Utah tonight to take on the Jazz. Jazz lane seven, 223 and a half a mall. Yeah, by the way, I think the odds makers have it fixed in. Anytime Utah's at home, the number's got to be at least seven to 11. I mean, it's just automatic. I mean, it's all like this team is unbelievable at home. You know, generally speaking, when you look at them, how effective they are. But uh, I, I'm not going to, again, Portland's not a team I want to back. If anything, I would look at the home team here. I'm not going to touch this one. Uh, just kind of wait and see. You know, I have a tendency. There are certain teams I'm on, certain teams I'm not on. Portland's a team I tend to bet at home because I don't think they get enough respect at home. You see so many short lines with them at home. In the Rose Garden. Yep. Okay. Uh, NHL tonight. The Penguins uh, are in Calgary taking on the Flames. Flames a dollar forty-five total, five and a half a mile. Yeah, terrific goaltending matchup. Tristan Yari and uh, Markstrom, Jacob Markstrom in net there. Both goaltenders come in with uh, goals against that are under two. Mike, this is a five and a half. I like this game under. You know, this Calgary mm-hmm. team. I was actually taking a look at their futures market. Mm-hmm. I think they're going to be dangerous in the playoffs. They can score. They're a good team, and they can really defend. How about uh, in that division out there? Is Edmonton going to win? I think Edmonton's the best team. Where in the division? Yeah. Yeah, but I don't think it's as... Or do you think Calgary can still win this division? I think Calgary, absolutely. It's going to come down to one of the two teams from Alberta. It has to be. It it has to be. I think the Ducks defensively at times can be deficient. Uh, When you look at Edmonton, and Edmonton to me, though, is the biggest threat to score on you. That's the problem. Are are we sleeping on the wild at all? An impressive victory uh, over Tampa Bay yesterday. And and they um, they routed Winnipeg. Two days earlier. Yeah, Jets got a chance to bounce back today at home against, yeah. I think, Arizona. But uh, the Wild are playing well. St. Louis, another team having a pretty good season. I think Minnesota's always uh, dangerous up at the Excel Center. Postseason, we saw them get to seven games against the Knights last year. I think hockey is the best sport of the four professional sports, and then NFL would be second to take long shots. Okay. You could make the argument that the next 24 hours, or if you take it from yesterday, 48 hours, 
in baseball is the most exciting time of the year outside of opening day or the playoffs. And this is where the free agency market explodes. And I want to talk to you about a couple of the deals that sure. were inked um, so far. Obviously, the headline act, Mac Scherzer, he's taken his talents to Flushing. New York Mets signed him three years, a buck 30, I'm all. I, I think this is a great move for both sides. Max is, I think, what, 37? Uh, he's somewhere up there. And when you look at it, the reason why I like this deal, even though it's $43.3 million a year, is because if Max isn't particularly great, you're not giving him that six, seven-year deal that all these teams do, which ends up being more money. You're better off front-loading. We saw the Dodgers do it with Trevor Bauer, and the Mets are doing it here. I think this works out well for both sides. And I think if we see Max Scherzer go off a cliff, and I don't think it's going to be in 2022. I think it might be closer to 2023, maybe even 2024. Yeah, I like the length of the contract. I love it. I, I think that's what makes it a winner. Now I'm going to go on the opposite side where I think the length of the contract is horrific, and that's Gaussman to the Blue Jays. Five years, 110. Yeah, obviously he came into that negotiation with a ski mask and a gun. <laughs> There's no reason to be giving Kevin Gossman this type of deal. To me, he's a guy you sit there and say, look, we'll give you three years, $65 million, and call it a day. Uh, I, I think he's, he's got to prove it much longer term than he has. Um, you know, the desperation by these front offices is amazing to me. But when you look at the American League East, obviously Tampa is one that's always competitive. But you look at some of these other teams and you think, hey, we got a chance here. Uh, with the Yankees being okay, with the Red Sox being okay, Toronto feels like they got a chance. Remember, though, Marcus Simeon's moving on to the Rangers. Yeah, I was just going to get to the Rangers uh, and Simeon because the Rangers made a couple of moves uh, over the weekend. Scherzer, 37, by the way. They signed Simeon, seven years, 175. Also pick up John Gray from the Rockies. John Gray played at Oklahoma. He's from, I think he's from Broken Arrow up in Oklahoma, so this is not a bad acquisition for this team. Remember, third overall pick. Uh, he'll do well in that pitcher-friendly park. Look, the Ma- Marcus Simeon, I don't know how much money he got. He got seven years, right? 175 for seven. Uh, th- look, $25 million a year. Yeah. Look, he's a very good player, but I'm going to tell you where, in addition where Marcus Simeon really helps. He's a really good clubhouse guy. He's going to help this team off the field. I like this addition to Marcus Simeon. Um, I'm a little bit concerned with the length. I think you could have gone Simeon five for 125. Seven for 175 seems a little bit long. Um, twins re-signed Buxton. Seven years, $100 million. Great deal for yeah. both sides. I, I thought this was one of the best signings. Buxton hasn't lived up to being, I think he was the first or second overall pick out of Georgia uh, in high school, not out of college. But mm-hmm. terrific player, tremendous talent, starting to finally figure out how to hit a little bit. Great speed, plus-plus defender. Uh, I think this is a good move, and it's not too much money. So either way, it, the player is going to benefit. He's going to have generational wealth, but the Twins didn't overpay. One college football game that's a makeup mm-hmm. late. late. I think this game kicks at 830 Pacific. No way. 8.30 Pacific um, from Berkeley on Saturday. It's either 8 or 8.30. Cal-USC, remember this was a COVID game that got postponed. The Cal Bears laying four, 57 and a half. Wilder right. Uh, this number's right. I, I thought SC showed a lot more fight this weekend than I anticipated. Yeah. Thanks a lot. I laid the points. with, with <laughs> B. That game got up to eight. I laid I laid six and a half. Game got up to eight. I still couldn't cover. Yeah, I almost it, lost the game, BYU. Yeah, it's going to be interesting what Cal does here, but uh, neither team with anything to play for, both coming at four and seven. Will Lincoln Riley coach this game, or is he going to stay at Oklahoma for a bowl game? No, he won't oh, be Being facetious. Stay tuned to Vison. Up next, betting across America.
MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleh Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 